Hi, my name's Becca. And I'm Morgan. And my name's Danelle. And this is a Listen Up podcast. episode and in today's episode we're talking about September and October of 2020. Just going to throw a few trigger warnings in there. We'll be speaking about lockdown and Covid, SARS, climate change and food insecurity. So if you're not really feeling anything like that or you're triggered by any of these topics, maybe wait till next week. In hindsight of this episode, we are now in tier four and we do speak about going into tier three. So we hope everyone has a safe and wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. Hello and welcome back to the Listen Up podcast. Today we are discussing September and October. Anyone want to start, kick us off? So on September the 1st, BTS became the first all Korean pop act to top the billboard 100 with their new um, single Dynamite. So if you don't know BTS, please search up. <laughs> They're all so talented and their music was so good. We've got a BTS stand over here. I can actually see the fangirl like oozing out of Nell's face right now. <laughs> like, I've never seen somebody look so giddy reading a <laughs> sentence before. That song was catchy. But, um, Do you know, I'm a big fan of that song. No, it's such a good, like, lighthearted song there as well. They made it, like, during um, the pandemic and just to, like, make everyone happy and stuff like that. Can you sing us some? Give us a little. What? No. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> a little jingle. Give the fans what they want. <laughs> and by fans, I mean. I don't know if they know BTS, but it's a good song. It's all in English, though. That's what I think was really good about it as well. That that really sold it. Mm. What else happened in September? Oh, there's another thing that I thought was actually quite interesting. On the September the second. There was a press conference about the body camera evidence um, when Daniel Prude died in March, and I think it um, it brings to light kind of the true story about what happened during it. I thought that was really. I haven't actually read a lot about on it, but I didn't realize that happened in September. I didn't hear about that at all. A lot of things they get swept under the rug. I think like we always hear about them in that when they're in the heightened moments, and then. We never hear about the outcome. Mm. But it's hard to keep tabs on everything because there's always so much. Yeah, for sure. Uh, One of the big things that I think was probably more in the news in September were the wildfires across America. So I know in January we were speaking about the wildfires in Australia, um, but in September uh, there were wildfires that were coming up across the whole of the west coast of America. So it was like California, Oregon um, and Delaware um, were having absolutely awful fires. In As of like the 10th of September, there was 500,000 people who had to be evacuated, 10% of the population. Um, that was 10% of the population, sorry. Uh, over 900,000 acres had burnt by that point. So across September, there was nearly a hundred major wildfires that had been um officially i don't know what they call it like recorded um more than 30 people had died over 3000 people's homes were destroyed um 
California had seen six of the 20 largest wildfires in its history just this year, and that had burned a record 3.1 million acres. Um, and in total, again, as of September the 13th, a total of 4.5 million acres had been burnt, which is slightly smaller than the size of Wales. Like when you hear it like that, it's like, whoa. But I think uh, the most interesting part about it was all of the controversy around how it started. So there was lots of conspiracies and people chucking in their two pence. So they say that it's kind of like a combination of multiple things. So um, human activity was like a main thing. Um, There was a lot of confirmation that one of the biggest fires, um, it was called the El Dorado fire, it was confirmed to have been started by a smoke-generating pyrotechnic device, which was used for a gender reveal party. Oh, yeah, I remember hearing about this, actually. And that burn, um, uh, that spread over 14,000 acres. I'm like, imagine if you were that person who <laughs> then realised that you were the cause of... Oh, honestly, don't know how that was allowed. They, I wonder if they get, like, charged for it. Well, I don't know how they can find out who who it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought they they might have known who it was. They, I mean, they might have done. I, d- I haven't seen that, but it is a tough one because, yeah, if they don't know who it is, surely they should be able to get charged for it. Um, but they said that another cause of it, there was lots of thunderstorms. Um, it was really dry as well, so lack of rain and then thunderstorms enabled small fires to quickly grow in size. Really, really humid temperatures, lots of wind, um, and also poor forest management all play a part in it, but the uh, governor of California kind of came out with a statement being like, this is a climate damn em- Oh, this is a climate damn emergency. This is real and it's happening. So mm-hmm. it really started sparking that conversation around global warming and getting people remembering actually that it, it isn't a hoax like uh, certain presidential people like to think. <laughs> yeah, climate change is real. You can see it everywhere. Mm. It's so true. Do you think in our country, I think in like August, September, what we were getting like the hottest summer we've had, 37 degrees in some places. So. Mm. It was yeah. hot. It was so hot. One of the hottest temperatures you had, isn't it? Like, I don't know how people can experience that and not get that climate change is real, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. I can't believe how hot it was. I was melting. <laughs> it was like- horrific. That day we were in London was horrific. There's no like um this because we're all high rise buildings, you just there's the heat is just trapped everywhere. Whereas when mm-hmm. I was in Barbados obviously, although it was scorching, to be fair, we had no air. Was the was it the hottest um temperature that Britain had? One of the yeah. Yeah. At, at that period of time I think. Yeah. It oh, was wow. one of the hottest recorded temperatures like ever. Yeah, that speaks a lot then about climate change. Mm. Uh, on on the topic of climate change, um, <laughs> <laughs> David Attenborough breaks Jennifer Aniston's record as the fastest person to reach one million followers on Instagram. And I remember that day happening. Uh, I saw it on one of my friend's story. I know it was him um, promoting his Netflix um, documentary called A Life in Our Planet. I still haven't watched it. <laughs> I watch neither. I watch like half of it. It's it's like it's like his old ones as well, but he's got such a soothing voice, David Attenborough. He really does. And I'm surprised he's still alive. Leave my thing alone. He's gonna listen to you. I thought. Did you know, um he's... there was a lot of controversy around 
him though uh coming onto instagram i don't know if you guys saw this um but yeah there was i guess him coming onto instagram was really good and like say promoting that and i think like obviously loads of people followed him um but then there was quite a few like activism groups which i saw kind of coming out about david attenborough and kind of that his time is over almost it came about this this whole article slash i guess i don't want to just credit it to this one person Um, i'm sure it was a wider thing but um he had essentially said that overpopulation was the cause of climate change yeah there's a lot of things and then um people were coming back to be like you can take that whole focus of overpopulation, but the, I'm trying to read it, achievements and popularity do not negate from our ability to critique and question you, especially about your focus on a topic, overpopulation, that has links to racism, eugenics, and ecofascism. Um, oh, okay, I can see what they mean now. Yeah, so this person's basically done like an open letter to David Attenborough being like, look, you're a great person, just you are a national treasure but that shouldn't stop us from holding you accountable for things that you're saying um and these ideologies he has about like yeah overpopulation and ecofascism are harmful um and they've gone into like every single country and talking about i mean it's a really big really long um letter we should definitely link it to this episode i want to yeah. i'll share I want it with you definitely I see where it's coming from now. Mm. Now that it's like, now that it's like that, I can understand where what they mean. Moving on from David Attenborough and on to something <laughs> which actually relates to me, which wow. is fun. Well, I say relates, but when I read this, actually, I was like, oh, I've completely forgot she was the head of state. So Barbados's head of state is the Queen, and they've decided mm-hmm. that they want to remove her as the head of state from, um, and the process started in obviously September, and they're hoping to have her removed by November next year to like to tie in with the 55th anniversary of Independence Day from Britain. Exactly. And the Prime Minister Maya Mia Motley has said that they basically just want a Barbadian or Bayesian head of state, which I think is actually a quite a good move. Makes sense. Yeah, because obviously they... I remember when I went to Barbados in, like, 2010, maybe, and obviously the Queen was obviously still the head of state then. Um, and I remember... I, like, vividly remember talking about it with someone while I was there, about how she was the head of state, and now she's being removed. Also, Barbados only gained independence from Britain in 1966. So my dad was still... Wow. wow. He was still... When my dad was born, they were still colonised, question mark? Part That's of, really... Yeah. They were still part of Great Britain, essentially. did not know that. But also because I think being very... They're very dependent on, like, tourism and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're not mm. really great. that was really interesting that is really interesting uh on a more i don't know uh, casual (laughs) note uh, i think i don't i don't know i think a lot of the big netflix releases this year 
they've been all right. They haven't like gripped me from the start. Like Tiger King, you know, I was late to that party and all these other ones that we spoke about, not a fan of. But I remember seeing the advert for the home edit get organized. And I was just like, I have found my show. <laughs> and oh, do you know what? Since then, I have honestly, I've got a label maker, I've got all my, my boxes, my containers, and everything oh. is now neatly lined up. <laughs> everything gets labeled when it's new. I have become addicted. I completely fell through the whole Marie Kondo thing, what last year, the year before. <laughs> Now I'm a complete home edit convert. I'm going to start organising everything rainbow-coloured. Oh, boy, please don't. <laughs> oh, just you wait. Wait, how big is this label maker? Uh, like, it's one of those ones with the black tape. Is it travel size? Oh, yeah. Can you come to my house? <laughs> yeah, I'll come and label everything. I need to go shopping first. I really want, like, the pantry section that they, like, labelled. Mm-hmm. I need that for my baking stuff because I like, all my stuff in bags and it's really annoying. Just get, so I've got like fridge dividers now, but not for the fridge. We've got like one for dairy products in the fridge, but then I've got two which live on top of the fridge and they stack on top of each other. So like loose snacks and stuff go in there. And then we've got like pots for the different types of pasta and for like lentils and pulses. Oh Honestly, it just looks amazing. Yeah, so you need to come to my house and we're going to have to do this. I think I've gone a bit too far though because I did label the hand soap the other day. Oh no. Yeah. Oh my god, can you do like a a little vlog for us? Of course. You don't even need to ask. Yeah, it's gone a bit extreme. Yeah, that that show is... So good. It's never too extreme. Wow, you say that until I actually start labelling like everything. Laptop. (laughs) French. That's fine. Mirror. Oh, that's what a laptop is. I'm gonna run out of label tape soon. They label everything, don't they? But they do it so nicely. Uh, <laughs> you know, like we were talking, like me and Morgan, remember uh, when it came out? We're like, how can we work for these people? Oh my god, yeah, wow, that is so funny. I yeah. still would love that. That is like a dream job to just go and organize yeah. people who have space. Like, this is another thing. Like, you definitely in this kind of. I don't know. My house is not big enough to really organise. We don't have like a pantry and stuff to organise. But going into some rich celebrity's house where they have loads of rooms to organise everything so nicely, would love to do that. Mine's like three of my favourite things. Organisation, labelling things and nosiness. (laughs) It's actually a thing now as well, like being organised. Like it's actually a job. Mm. It's a job that I need. So if anybody, anybody's looking for somebody to come and organise their stuff. Not for free. <laughs> I will do it for £10 an hour. Like colour coordinating. I'll do it. For £10 an hour, I would need to have what they'd have to buy me all the stuff. Oh, yeah. You have to buy all the stuff. If you want me to buy the stuff, then I will invoice you separately. Correct. Oh, yeah. Oh, love it. Honestly, so good. Um, that was September. Okay. So swiftly moving on to October. Donald Trump announced on Twitter that him and the first lady have tested positive for COVID. And then he goes into hospital, I think, the next day. Or that day. Yeah, he went into hospital as soon as... We found, I think, I remember waking up to a breaking news saying Donald Trump tested positive and then, like, the afternoon he had gone to hospital or the other way around, like, we'd gone to bed and he had tested positive and we woke up the next morning he was in hospital. But... I remember Letty messaging me, like... Donald Trump's in hospital. And I was like, no, he's not. But, you know, that whole thing, 
annoyed me so much. Just the whole, like, as soon as it happened, it was like, you know what? Whatever happens here, he's going to be able to twist it in such a way that people are still going to be like, COVID's not real or mm-hmm. idolised Donald Trump. And they did. He came out and they were like, wow. Like, did you see that video of him returning to the White House in the helicopter? And it looked like the worst action movie in the world. Like, honestly, I saw it on telly and I was like, this actually cannot be real. <laughs> but it was like slow motion of this helicopter landing on like the lawn of the White House and Donald Trump stepping out like some sort of superhero that's just defeated <laughs> this disease but people are there like oh yeah I, I just don't I don't get the mindset of a Trump supporter to be like this disease is fake this disease isn't real I'm not gonna wear a mask oh but Trump wore that mask one time we love him for that oh and remember that time he beat COVID even though it's not real and it's a cold like where where are we standing here I'm watching the video <laughs> this is so funny it's ridiculous. I remember seeing, like, fully saw it on BBC News and I was like, what is this? I thought it was like a movie trailer or something. It's so, the helicopter moves so slowly as it, like, mm-hmm. as it goes down. And it just, and he just, like, it's such a joke. It's so ridiculous. But the thing is, though, now that all these Trump supporters have seen him, like, recover when he's supposedly vulnerable, which he clearly is, but he had instantly sent to a hospital had 24-hour care just people watching him giving him the best medication that he then comes through the fact that there's still what a quarter of a million americans have died from this yeah literally and now because of him i don't know just for like obviously wouldn't wish for anybody to get covid no uh, and whatever but it just made a complete mockery of the whole situation i think Mm. definitely Oh, again on climate change, on October the 5th, um, about 14 million tonnes of plastic pieces um, have been littered at the bottom of the ocean. And scientists said that they were raising, like, the higher areas and a lot of, like, floating um, just litter was above the water and affected a lot of, like, sea creatures and caused their death. And apparently, like, many masks as well was found. So, you know, so many masks. Like, just walking around now, I feel like it's so hard because I think with COVID, we're now, like, kind of single-use wrapping things and people are, are like, wearing, obviously, the disposable masks. And, like, my ha- old hairdressers were doing packs where you had a hair, like a towel wrapped up in plastic and an apron wrapped up in plastic. And because we're being so overly cautious about keeping everything sanitised, we're now using single-use plastic a lot more liberally. That we've just kind of gone backwards on everything that we were working towards. Like, on the number of masks I've seen just littered on the street is horrendous. Bad. That's why you use reusable ones. Yeah, I have a reusable one. Yeah, I'm just like, it's so much easier... And cheaper, like buy one and then just wash it every time you go out. It's so much simpler. And more comfortable. I find that they're more comfortable than using a non-reusable. They um they actually warm up your face during this time as well. Do you know what? I have been saying for years that I wish nose warmers were a thing because I always get really cold nose. And I was like, we just want like a bubble hat for my nose and I need somebody to make this a fashion thing so I can wear it and it not be weird. 
And this year, masks have come to save me because I just wear my mask everywhere and I'm like, oh, I'm just being cautious. But actually, it's just because my nose is very cold. <laughs> yeah, it actually does warm it up. Like, it's so nice. Going to invest in one of those masks with a scarf attached to it now. It's nude. It's nude mask. Oh my God, yeah, I see. I saw that. At Clinton's. At where? In Clinton's. The card shop? Clinton, yeah. What? The snood masks, where you get uh, snood that covers up to, like, here. It's like a snood. I actually haven't seen a Clinton's in years, so... How do you attach it, like, keep it attached on your face? It's still got... I think it's, I think it's still got the string. Uh, or you could shop on Etsy and help a small business. Not much that really happened in October. Uh, I mean the big one for the UK I don't know maybe this was just us personally but I think I know that we had big discussions about this and how I don't know it's just one of those heart-wrenching things but after the whole um free school meals thing over the summer holidays in October there was a motion um it was on the 21st of October there was a motion which was on providing 1.4 million disadvantaged children in England with a £15 a week food voucher during the holidays, which was proposed until Easter 2021. Um, and yeah, on 21st October, that motion was voted down. Uh, it was a Labour motion and it was defeated by a majority of 61 with 322 votes to 261. Um, and the whole debate and the vote was held in Parliament after a petition was started by Marcus Rashford, the footballer, um, who obviously had gained a lot of traction during the summer holidays about this same issue. And it was a huge thing that, wow, all these MPs have turned it down. And it was like, when you actually look at the cost of it, it was, I'm going to get these numbers wrong, but it was roughly a week's worth of the Eat Out to Help Out scheme is what it would have equaled to do to feed these 1.4 million children until Easter next year. It was voted down and then loads of stuff came out about how like the parliament, um, people in parliament have like a ridiculously subsidised meal, um, all this stuff. And then ultimately Boris Johnson did a second U-turn on his decision. Um, So after that whole plea against it, he did a U-turn quite publicly and it was put in place and it's just it's going to be such a big thing for so many children uh, i mean children in like years one and year two in reception so infant school do have access to free school meals and then depending on parents circumstances from year three upwards they get access to free school meals that's only during term time um, and at the moment there's 1.4 million children who are experiencing food insecurity during the school holidays and that's just gonna rise with COVID causing economic issues. Mm. Um, like food bank use has just gone up ridiculously. So I think this was a huge turning point um, for the whole country. And I think a lot of people got behind it and really began supporting food banks a lot more after this, which is I a huge always plus. donate to my food bank now because um, they're always in my Saints, local Sainsbury's. So like, whenever I go, me and my mum always go around and we just get a few bins. <laughs> You know, it's it's so nice to. Like, it, it doesn't cost you much if you if you have like. I understand not everybody can do it, and that's absolutely fine. But if you have that ability to go and buy yourself food every week or every couple of weeks, just chucking in a few bits, like just a tin here or there, can make a huge difference. Um, yeah, we just we just get loads of tin. It depends what they need. That's um, the main thing. Yeah, but we always try and get them. Um, 
couple bits and bobs. If it's tins, I try and get like 10 tins because <laughs> sometimes they're really cheap. Yeah, and if you go to like Aldi and stuff, literally you can get tins of tomatoes and stuff like 25p. Mm. Like, it, it doesn't add too much on. And especially now coming up to Christmas, you'll find like a lot of food, um, food banks, a lot of food banks um, are trying to do Christmas boxes. So mm-hmm. they try and give so many families just a sense of normality around Christmas. Um, so I mean, you can find your local food bank pretty much just on Facebook or whatever. I always keep like a little tab on mine and mine posted uh, probably mid-November saying, oh, we're starting our Christmas collections. And it's looking for things like nice meats and some treats for the kids, treats for the adults, like some mince pies, just things that make Christmas feel a bit more like Christmas. And if you have that ability to do it, I mean, I think we managed to do a box and it cost us about 30 quid, which really isn't that much when you think about how grateful these people will be for that yeah it means a lot to them already like giving them that amount so support your local food banks because between october and december trust or trust uh think there's going to be a 61 in 61 cent increase in food parcels needed which is the equivalent of six food parcels being given out every one minute oh wow just so moving on to slightly sadder news in October, there was a big uprising in Nigeria, centralised around um, police brutality. And it the, there was a huge slogan that was going around called hashtag NSARS. And the slogan basically called for the disbandment, disbanding of the special anti-robbery squad, SARS. This is after a young man was killed and shot outside a hotel by SARS and this was like a very big catalyst for protests um and then the inspector general police released a statement claiming to dissolve this however it's yet to be dissolved um and apparently the SARS have been like detaining and killing and doing all sorts of horrible things to people who are trying to protest um and then there was on the 20th of October, there was a 24 hour curfew announced to discourage people from protesting. And the Nigerian army opened fire on a lot of people at the Leki Toll Gate, which is a very big protest site in Lagos. Um, and although there was live streams and videos, video evidence, the army denied this. Um, and it left over 50 people um, died and over 100 people injured. And apparently, the army seized bodies to control how many people they could prove had actually died. So ways we can help ultimately is to amplify those who are being impacted and their voices and trying to spread the message online if you see any posts and ultimately to stay educated and informed on issues like this because in the news we don't really hear much about them. I think the only reason I had initially heard anything about it um, was because somebody I follow on Twitter um, has like Nigerian family and she was retweeting things and it was it just kind of didn't make sense among with everything else but I don't remember hearing anything about it on any form of like media even really on social media it wasn't really spoken about that much I was getting it, I was getting it a lot because I have a lot of friends that were sharing it online I don't know if there was much else that really happened in October. 
November's the month where everything's done. I'm going to say November, I feel like it all kicked off then. Things like picking up again. Oh, didn't in October, Boris Johnson announced the three-tier system for COVID. That didn't really work. Um, yeah, I thought it was a tiered system, uh, and then it was quickly announced that we began into lockdown again. So yeah, so it didn't really um, that didn't really work out, did it? No. <laughs> but in London, I heard that the oh, like, we might move into tier three. Oh, yeah, I really thought they were going all right with the cases. No, they're so they're so. so I was listening to the to LBC this morning, this afternoon. And they've said that they're looking to potentially put us back into tier three because before lockdown, our cases were higher than anywhere, right, than a lot of places. And we're mm-hmm. doing, and we're in tier two, but Nottingham is in tier three and they have a lower R rate than we do. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. No. <sighs> That's tough. Definitely. I'm waiting for like Christmas will hit and we'll leave Christmas. And then they'll be like, I think oh. after Christmas, they're going back to lockdown though. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, like, it doesn't change for me, so at this point it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm just going to be extra cautious, especially because it's winter and I have a cold. Um, And you're working with lots of small children. And I work in, I'm in four bubbles, so it's just being clean and conscious. Mm -hmm. Carrying a hand sanitizer around, wear your mask. (laughs) 